Welcome, Cathedral family. It's so great to be together. You know, there are so many things that can try to capture our focus. So many things grabbing for our attention. But when we come together to worship, here's what happens. We focus our life, our attention on Jesus. He's our rock. He's our fortress. He's our savior. He's our friend. He is good. He is great. And he is greatly to be praised. And here's what happens. When we focus on him, we begin to see everything else a little more clearly. In Psalm 62, we read these words. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. So that's what we're going to do is declare his greatness. And when we see who he is, our rock, our fortress, our shelter, our strength, then we can have the strength that we need and we won't be shaken and we'll find that rest. And we're praying that you'll find that today as we worship the Lord. Join us together as we lift our voices and focus on him and just declare together, thank you, Lord, you are good. Somebody shout it right where you're at. God is good. And all the time, yes, we have great reasons to give thanks today. So wherever you're at, we just invite you to lift your voice. Maybe even put your hands together. Let's celebrate the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Come on. You are my rock and my defense. You are my hope, my confidence. You are my savior and my friend. You are good. You are good. We sing it together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So wherever you're at right now, would you lift up your hands? Would you lift up your voice? There's nothing gonna stop me now. With everything, I'm gonna shout it. Shout it out. I'll sing until the walls fall down. I'll 
he is so good and his goodness is flowing out toward you right now. When we focus on him, we know who we are. When we declare his goodness, no matter what's being shaken around us, we will not be shaken. Well, there's something I want to share with you. But before I do, I'm going to ask you to join me in a little game that maybe you played years ago. But when you take your hand and go one, two, three, on three, you either make a rock or you make a paper or you make a scissors. You got that? One, two, three is rock or one, two, three is paper. One, two, three is cut. You got it? Let's do it together. One, two, three. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you. You are our rock and our defense. You are a firm foundation on which we can stand. We can have confidence because we stand on you, the solid rock. Help us put our trust in you. And Lord, thank you that you've got everything covered. No matter what's taking place, no matter what the circumstance, you've got it covered. You've got this. You've got this, God, and you've got us covered. And we thank you that we can have peace no matter what's going on, because we can trust in you that you've got this covered. And Lord, we thank you that you can cut through anything. You can cut through darkness. You can cut through the chains that bind us. You can cut through red tape. You can cut through anything because you have all power. And we, Lord, can trust in you in this moment and have strength because you are our rock. You are our covering. You are the one who cuts through everything on our behalf. And so, Lord, whatever each person chose in this moment, let them receive that truth about who you are. May we focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. Amen. Well, here comes Megan to cut through some of the events and make sure the announcements are covered. Rock on, Megan. Hello, Cathedral family. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are continuing our faith journey with our series, Recovery Plus. And with the year we had last year, I bet we can all agree we need more recovery. If you haven't heard, Cathedral will be presenting a 30-minute program on Daystar TV, a faith-based network. We will be starting on May 16th at 11 p.m., so make sure to mark your calendars and tune in. For all our Cathedral youth out there, very exciting news. Youthquake is starting up again on May 1st at 7 p.m. out in the amphitheater. And they'll be having a very special guest, Godwin Arhin, who was voted the best youth leader in the Netherlands 2018. So young people, make sure to invite your friends and come on out. For the latest and greatest here at Cathedral, make sure to follow all our social media platforms and to check out our church website at cathedralfaith.org. We'd love to connect with you and hear from you. I hope you have a blessed day, Cathedral. Thanks, Megan. Well, one of the goals we have as believers, as we've just saying, when we see who God is, we know who we are. And God's plan for us is that we would be more like Christ that we would be godly. And there are a lot of scriptures in the Bible that describe what godliness looked like, but one of them is in Proverbs 21, 26 that says this, some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. One of the ways you can tell if you're godly or not, you love to give. And in this moment, you get the opportunity to demonstrate your godliness by loving to give. You can bring your tithes and offerings in this moment in several ways. You can go online. You can go to our church app. You can text the number on the screen. And in that way, give as a godly person. Well, this series we are in, Recovery Plus, is such a timely moment for each one of us to receive what we've lost, to receive from the Lord. Pastor Ken's coming at this time to help us see one more area that God wants to bring recovery in our lives. Oh, <laughs> oh, 
Hello, Cathedral family and friends. We are on a journey to recovery plus. In this last year, we've seen so much minus. There's been so much loss. And yet because of God, loss does not have the last word in our lives. To his people in one place, he says this, after they have experienced great loss, the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. I hope this word is getting deep into your spirit. For the next few moments, I want to talk about recovering, recovering your financial freedom. I saw this one guy who's talking and he says, so I spoke to my advisor and everything's on track. If I stay the course, I should be able to comfortably retire at about 108. Hello. Boy, I feel their pain. Uh, it, it was, uh, there was a survey that was done a while back. And in the survey, they asked people what stressed them out most. And money was right near the top. Two-thirds of the people surveyed say that they worried about finances on a daily basis. You know, they're busy crunching the numbers and the numbers are busy crunching us. And that was before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, oh my. Yelp said at one point, small businesses were shutting the doors. 800 businesses were closing a day. And even big national brands, brands like J. Crew and Pier One and Hertz and Cirque du Soleil and Chuck E. Cheese. They all filed for bankruptcy. And here at the cathedral, I mean, we saw up close and personal, we really did, the economic strain on the members of our community. I was so proud of the way that our church stepped up. And I mean, our Morgan Hill campus, our Gilroy campus, our Milpitas campus, and here in San Jose, through our food program, they all stepped up to serve our community. And story after story, well, it went like this. I remember one guy who showed up at the end of one of our distribution times, and he asked for some groceries, and he was just in tears. And he said, I've lost my job because of the pandemic. I can't make any money. And I'm just trying to feed my family. Are you kidding me? A man here in the Silicon Valley, of all places, just trying to feed his family. It, it felt like the locust descended on our backyard and devoured and consumed the harvest. And yet, when those locusts show up, the cutting locusts, the stripping locusts, the hopping locusts, the swarming locusts, the locusts will not have the last word. Instead, the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. Let that word get in your spirit. And it seems to me the starting point for regaining our financial freedom is to turn to the scriptures. Wait a second. Time out, Ken. If I'm going to get my financial freedom back, you're wanting me to open the Bible. I mean, the Bible talks about stuff like, you know, heaven and faith and prayer, but financial freedom. Well, you're right. The Bible does talk about things like faith and prayer and heaven. But did you know that it talks more about money and finances than all of those other three subjects combined? There are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that have something to say about money. And as people of faith, the scriptures are our starting point. They're what guide and direct our lives. And so before we take up a financial plan, if we'll take up our Bibles, when Proverbs, we read this, it says, in everything you do, put God first and he will direct you and crown 
your efforts with success. Well, what does the Bible have to say about recovering our financial freedom? Well, maybe it starts with practicing contentment. Practicing contentment. Hebrews chapter 13 reads, don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us, I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you. We can boldly quote, God is there ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Who or what can get to to me? There were once 10 friends who they made a pact and decided to, for one year, they would not buy anything new unless it was essential. They were going to stop their spending. And at first, all 10 of them said they went through retail withdrawal. But eventually, they made it through that year. And as looking back, all 10 of them said it was hugely beneficial. And one 42-year-old, he made this statement. He said, the one thing, one big takeaway for me was the fact that now I appreciate much more what I already have. Focusing on what we do have. Enjoying what we do have. Now, appreciating what we do have. This is what it looks like to practice contentment. And yet it's so difficult because you and I, every day, we are absolutely bombarded with 3,000 advertisements a day. Everywhere we look, we are told about what we don't have and that we will not be happy until we have it. I will not be happy until I have a happy meal. And it's so hard to practice contentment. But what if, it's a radical idea, but what if for the next seven days, it's just a suggestion, if you would join me on this seven-day challenge, that I am not going to buy anything new for the next seven days, unless it's essential. Well, Pastor Ken, that... That new pair of shoes, they're finally on sale. It's essential. I know, I know, I get it. But what if we put a pause on our spending and we just focus? Instead of focusing on what I don't have, I'm going to focus on what I do have. The food I have and the clothes I have. The place I live and the car that I drive. You know, the legs I walk with and the eyes that I can see with the family and friends that I have. And because I have Jesus, no matter what the, in the last 12 months I have lost, no matter what the locusts have devoured, the one thing that they cannot take away from me is Jesus. And he, after all, is the most essential in my life. And if I will lean in to practicing contentment, there's a man in the Bible by the name of Paul. And he knew what it was to have a lot and to have a little. He once wrote about it this way. He said, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or with little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The secret that you discover when you practice contentment is this. What I have is not the ultimate reason for my joy. It's the attitude toward what I have that ultimately is what brings me joy and satisfaction. And contentment helps me to focus. It helps me to appreciate. It helps me to enjoy. You know, next week you're going to hear from uh, 
Well, you're going to hear about what we're doing for the village over in Mozambique. And you're going to hear about what we're doing for them. But let me tell you what they're doing for us. You know, I've had the chance to go over there and uh, many people from our church on missions trips have gone over there. Now here in the Silicon Valley, we're very good at cultivating ambition, but we're not so good at learning contentment. But when you go over there, one thing that struck me is that you go into their homes, you go to their worship services, and they don't have all of the Silicon Valley gadgets. I mean, they don't have, many of them don't have cell phones. How can you live without a cell phone? But what they do have a lot of is joy. In their homes and in their worship, there's gratitude and there's joy. So we're helping them, but yes, they're helping us to rediscover the secret of being content and taking back our joy. Dallas Willard, one of the great spiritual leaders of our generation said, you must arrange your days so that you are experiencing deep contentment, joy, and confidence in your everyday life with God. Arrange the next seven days that the locust may have devoured this or devoured that, but they will not take away my joy. They will not take away my gratitude. I am still going to count my blessings and I am still going to declare that God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. Practicing contentment, it's a very big deal if we're going to take back our financial freedom. Now, a second principle that we find in scripture is this, avoiding debt. Avoiding debt. Uh Uh-oh. Now, Pastor Ken, you've gone to meddling. A couple of summers ago, I took my mom to an A's game, and we had an absolute blast. We had so much fun. Of course, you can't watch a ball game without having a hot dog and a chocolate malt. And so I went up to the concessions, and there was a lady that was working there, and A young lady, you'll never believe it. She was a part of our church family, Cathedral. We are everywhere. And she told me that if I signed up for Apple Pay that day, that I could get some free stuff. And so I love free stuff. I signed up for Apple Pay. And I can't believe how much fun it is to use. It's so easy. It's so painless. I don't even have to pull a credit card out of my wallet. And I can just scan my phone And buy stuff. I can buy stuff with money I don't even have. But every time I buy something on credit, I'm making a promise. That I'm going to pay you back and you back and you back. And if, wow, I get too many of those promises going, it can feel like I am in bondage. Proverbs 22.7 says, The borrower is servant to the lender. Now, in the Bible days, this was literally true. That if you had taken out a loan and you couldn't pay it back, they would take a member of your family as a servant. They would take that member of your family away. Now, some of you may think, wow, Ken, that sounds like a pretty good idea for me because there's some members of our family I wouldn't mind getting rid of. But you didn't get to choose. They chose which member of the family. They would take them away. They would have to be a servant, a slave until you were able to pay off that debt. And when you make too many promises out there with that Apple Pay, whoa, it can feel like you're in bondage. I saw one lady... She said, all my bills say outstanding. I guess that means I'm good to go. Do you feel a little bit like that? Oh, there's just so much debt. There was one couple who, they had $60,000 of credit card debt. And it was just bearing them. And they were so tired of living in that bondage. They felt like a slave to that debt. 
So they decided to bring that debt to God. And they asked God to help them get out of debt. And they developed a plan to get out of debt. And they worked the plan. It took some time. It took some energy. It took focus. But eventually, they paid off that debt and have been able to stay out of debt. And God never wastes the pain. So now they go around the country helping other people to get out of debt. We had them come to our church. And one of the things they said was the starting point for them and the starting point for us should be this. If you're struggling with debt, we encourage you to bring it all to Jesus. Would you do that even now? Would you bring your debt to Jesus and ask Jesus for the wisdom you need and the strength you need and the grace you need and the transformation that you need in order to get out of debt? Sometimes debt is as simple as this. You know, life happens. And when life happens, debt happens. I mean, none of us expected this pandemic to hit. And when that pandemic hit debt hit too but by the grace of God and with the help of God with a good plan and a good God well we can work the plan with the favor of God and we are on our way to getting out of debt can somebody say amen to that but other times there's a deeper issue debt is the fruit but it's not the root that there's a deeper problem with envy or pride or self-control or self-esteem or with depression or patience or boredom. And if we only deal with the fruit of the problem instead of the root, we can be a little bit like this sheep that I saw. I mean, you can see this sheep. It's stuck in the ditch. And here's a person struggling to get him out of the ditch. And finally, wow, it's great to be out of the ditch. He's so happy. And then wham, there he goes right back into that ditch again. Wow. You know, if we don't deal with the deeper issues of debt, we can find ourselves getting out of it. And getting right back into it. But through the power of Jesus Christ. He deals not just with the fruit of the problem. But with the root of the problem. He helps to get us free on the inside. So that then we can be free on the outside. Romans chapter 13 shares this wisdom with us. Don't run up debts. Don't let that apple pay get out of control. But instead, you know, except for the huge debt of love that you owe each other. How do we regain our financial freedom? Well, it starts with practicing contentment, then avoiding debt. And one more principle that we find in scripture is this, giving generously. Now, this almost sounds counterintuitive because what I give away, I give away. But there's a kingdom principle that we discover that's at work in the world that the, when I give something away, what I give out eventually is what comes back. We read this in Proverbs chapter 11. It says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. What I give out, is what I get back. And that's why during a difficult economic time, we have to be sure it's good to tighten the belt. I hope everybody has been looking to how we can tighten the belt during the pandemic. But you just don't want to tighten it too much until it chokes off your generosity. Because when you choke off your generosity, you stop that principle from happening in your life. There was a, a group of people in the first century who were going through a very difficult ec economic time, and yet, even in their need, they continued to.
to plant seed. Paul writes about them this way. He says they were extremely generous in their giving, even though they're very poor. Well, even when the belt is tight, don't let it choke off your generosity so you keep that kingdom principle at work in your life and in your world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we read, the one who sows generously will also reap generously. That's the promise of God to you. As I think about practicing generosity, planting a seed, even in my, out of my need, there's so many good ways to do that. I, if... You know, we have a couple who's a part of the church and they lead the Healing Grove Health Center. And they have done so much in leading the fight against the poverty pandemic. If you're a business owner and you want to join the fight, you may want to reach out to them. If you have a heart for kids, you want to help kids go after their dreams, next week you'll hear about how you can help kids all the way on the other side of the world in Mozambique. Give them a shot. Give them a chance through Life Child. But since we're in church, let's talk about the giving that we do in church. Now, when it comes to giving in church, there is one guy. He is my absolute hero. When I grow up, I want to give like him. I love that guy. That's what you call a cheerful giver. Now, how can you give cheerfully like that? Well, you can if you remember who your source is. David once said this in a prayer. He said, who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We recognize that God is our source. He's the source of everything, absolutely everything good in my life. I mean, he's the source of my abilities, of my opportunities, of my earning power. And when I recognize that he is the source and I give back to him through the church, I give to support his church in the world. I'm expressing my gratitude to God and I'm also putting him first in my life. In Deuteronomy 14, we find this interesting scripture. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. Tithing is taking 10% of what I have and giving it back to God through the church to support the work of his church in the world. And when I do this, it's not only expressing my gratitude, it's saying, God, you have first place in my life. Think of it this way. Over here, I have 10 apples. Now, let's say these 10 apples have been given to you by God. Now, God is the source of all these apples. So he could ask you to give eight back to him or nine back to him. And he would be right in doing so because if it wasn't for him, well, I wouldn't have any apples. But instead, God is so good and generous. He says, I just want you to take one of those apples and give it back to me. Give it back to me through the church to support the work of my church in the world. And when you do that, it's a way that you're putting him first. And so you make a decision. God, you're my source. I'm ready to give you this apple. And then I run into challenges. Because, wow, you see, I need, I need a new grill. And that's going to, I take a bite out of that apple. And I, I, need, I need a new bike. And I take another bite of that apple. And I... I need some new surround sound speakers for my stereo. I will never buy an apple. 
And then, you know, Raiders games open up this year. And pretty soon, pretty soon, you don't have much left. And you wonder, what in the world? I had good intentions. What in the world happened to that apple? But what if we view that apple as something that is sacred? That we're going to devote it to God. And we're going to not let anything touch that apple. Take a bite out of it. And we offer it to God. Well, the Bible says this when we commit to tithing. It says, bring your full tithe to the temple treasury. So there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. How about them apples? You simply cannot outgive God. There's a principle, a kingdom principle that's at work. We're on our way back to financial freedom. And I want to pray with you in just a moment. But before I do, I want to read to you. I want to read to you a testimony of a young couple that's a part of our church family, friends of ours, who have taken the class that we offer at the church, Dave Ramsey's financial freedom class. And here's what she writes. As a young couple starting a a family in Silicon Valley, money was super tight, even with both of us working full-time jobs. We lived paycheck to paycheck, which meant when unexpected things happened, we would have to put things on a credit card. Things added up quickly. We signed up for Financial Peace University through the church and learned so much through Dave Ramsey and his steps toward financial freedom program. The first step was to save $1,000. Honestly, I questioned if I should ever return to the class. I couldn't see how we would get to that first step. But we continued with the course. We finished it. And eventually, we were able to save the $1,000. It was not only a big accomplishment for us, but it motivated us to take on the next step, tackling debt. This one was pretty big for us too. It was a slow process, but we remain committed. You sometimes hear about people randomly receiving a check in the mail. Well, toward the end of paying off our debt, we received an unexpected check in the mail. It was enough to cover the final balance of our credit card, and we were able to give money back to some people who didn't even remember giving it to us. As of now, We've tackled most of the steps in the program. My husband still carries the Dave Ramsey steps in his wallet as a reminder to keep going and to share those steps with others. It's an amazing feeling to have a plan, to work toward it, and to find financial freedom. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, you've seen the last 12 months and that the toll that they've taken on our cathedral family and friends. Now, some of us, God, were in industries where the pandemic did not affect those industries in the same way. And we've been blessed through the pandemic financially. And Lord, for that, all of those who are in that category, we express gratitude to you. We recognize that you're our source and that everything that we have right now as a result ultimately of it being from your hand. But for those who have the pandemic just set them back, God, first of all, I pray that you'd give them hope, Lord, that they will come back. And God, I pray that you would give them wisdom and strength and favor and perseverance. God, make them a target of your favor in every way. Open up doors. Give them insight. Expand their territory. So that one year from now, we'll all be able to look back in the area of finances and say, look what the Lord has done. We pray this in Jesus' name and Jesus for Jesus' glory. All God's people said, amen. Amen. We're going to see financial victory. Pastor Vaughn and the team are coming to declare that.
You know, thanks so much again for, for joining me in service today. I hope you know how much you're loved by our staff and by me and my family. We're so grateful to be on this journey with you. If you need prayer, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And then don't forget, right after this is the wrap. It's a great way to go deeper and further with today's message. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. I speak this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yo, Cathedral of Faith, Hello, come everybody. on in. It's time for the rap. Rap, rap, rap. Recovery Plus. We are, mm-hmm. Pastor Ken is leading us uh, in this series about Recovery Plus, and he's focusing on the finances today. And so, uh, thank you guys for being a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna get you're gonna get a financial reward for being a part of this one today. So, no, <laughs> we have Abe who, who plays bass here for us, and uh, his whole family serves. Uh, his wife sings. Mar- and we have uh, uh, Sarah here with us. And her whole family is, is a part of the church, and and of course Victor here, whose whole family has been serving in so many ways. Uh-huh. And he is the Roman guard elite, right? Yeah, here. yeah. He's a, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you might you. recognize him from some of the productions, but so welcome, guys. Thank you for being a part of. The rap and here's we're, we're just going to talk about what we heard and just kind of share what God's saying and speaking and stirring in all of us. So, Victor, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear what you heard today. Well, what really got me was uh, the financially, you know, with the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and uh, I was part of it, my crew was a part of it. There was 80 electricians that got affected by it, and not knowing what was going to happen next, mm-hmm. you know, it was just being fearful, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know what was coming next. But being obedient, being faithful with my tithing, no matter what, I kept on tithing. I kept on praying. Weeks will go by, weeks will go by, and I will still pray, you know, and I'll still tithe, no matter what. Being faithful and obedient. And uh, that's what got me by it. I was two and a half months in, and uh, next thing you know, I was working at the gym, my gym, and uh, I tear my leg up into my tendons on my elbow. Now what? I'm, I'm unemployed, I'm at home injured, not knowing where the next, you know, paychecks are to come from. Family, mortgage is coming, and I was really scared. But then again, I thought, I thought about it, being faithful, being obedient. And, and the finances, God's going to take care of the rest at the end. At the end, it was like it never happened, you know. I, I know a lot of us are going through it right now. You know, my heart's still there with them. But... Uh, you know, you got to be faithful, yeah. you wow. know. Thank you for sharing that, Victor. And I know, like, because mm-hmm. for those who may not know, uh, you know, all the details about you, like, you have a large family. Yes, I do. Like, <laughs> you know, I, can, I can only imagine, like, the, as a man, as a provider, like, that's, that, that pulls on some, some places in our heart and our experience mm-hmm. of, of fear of not being able to provide, of not mm-hmm. being able to, to protect and... Um, so, like, so how many? So, how many's in the family right now? There's uh, six boys, two girls, plus my wife and I. There's ten. <laughs> There's ten. So, you know, it, it just it runs through your mind. Sure. You know? yeah. What do I do now? Wow. You know, what's next? Yeah. Wow. Well, I hope I hope somebody's hearing that today yeah. in the chat. Mm-hmm. Like God provides. Like mm-hmm. th- this is not just you know a single guy that needs to you know to get him a fo- some food to eat. He's he's got a mortgage. He's got kids to look after and a wife and um and god is faithful so Mm -hmm. thank you i'm inspired by your perseverance through this so thank you for being candid and sharing that with us victor thank you yeah yeah hey what's going on brother (laughs) good to have you here man well thanks for having me uh i felt like pastor ken was preaching to me today i was like were you was this meant for me i was like (laughs) really uh but it was just practicing contentment Mm. you know uh, I admit, I like to shop and I like to buy. <laughs> and as a musician, instruments are expensive. Mm-hmm. Super expensive these days. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I can have a bass as my table to eat dinner. Yeah. I can have a bass yeah. to, <laughs> to sit at home. Get things off the shelf. Off the shelf. <laughs> but you know what? It's just putting that stop and allowing God to say, hey, be happy with what you have. Yeah. Because what you have is great. So mm-hmm. hard, though, right? Yeah, but <laughs> it it's is, so, it, yeah. It's, because, you know, you look this way, you look north, south, east, and west, 
you're bombarded with ads. Yeah. You need me. Yeah. Uh, I'll make you better. Yeah. I'll make you a better musician. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of reading it. I was like, yeah, if I get that bass or that thing or that car, I can drive faster. Yeah. <laughs> I can play better. <laughs> Those glasses, I can see better. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all the things that it's thrown at you every day and, mm. and it's practicing being happy. Mm-hmm. And it's just every morning I wake up, I was like, thank you, God. Thank you for my girls, mm. my big motivation, my wife. They're in good health. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go to the fridge, grab something. Yeah. I'm happy. Thank you, God, for providing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for being there. And, and it's just, you know, this week I'm going to practice that. I'm yeah. really going to. I'm That's like, good. I'm not going to buy stuff. That's Even crazy. if Starbucks tells me, hey, I got an extra $2 <laughs> off. I was like, I have Folgers at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Hands up in the chat room if you're going to practice contentment this week like Pastor Ken asked us to do. Because that's, yeah. that's a true thing. And I, I really believe, man, like, we live in so much abundance. Yeah. Yes. Like, we have so much. Like, compared to, I mean, when you look at the global uh, averages of income and, and what, you know, what, Actually, it is to be in, uh, in to be in the poor in terms of a global. I mean, right. we are not even close. I'm like, mm-hmm. even those who of us may be struggling to kind of just pay the bills. Like, at least we have a car. At least yes. we have electricity. Yes. At least we have more Water. than one pair of shoes. Right? right. It's like we have so much. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and really, when you look at the human experience, it takes so little to fulfill us. Like, yes. if we really think about it, because it's, it's usually the things that are intangible right. that are the most meaningful, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's family, it's love, it's health, it's relationships, you know? And um, so, yeah, we, I want to practice that, too. We need that, because I, I buy too much on Amazon. <laughs> so, Sarah, <laughs> I'd love to hear what you had to hear. Well, um, what I took away from the message was to put God first, you know, um, when you're struggling in debt and you're facing, you know, hardship in that area of your life, just put him first, trust in him, know that he is good, that he is God, that he is great, that, um, you know, when you seek him, he will guide you, he will lead you, he will show you what to do with the finances that are his, that he has given you, you know, Mm -hmm. he teaches us responsibility, and so, you know, that spoke Mm -hmm. to me. And also, um, just uh, when Pastor mentioned, you know, being a cheerful giver Mm -hmm. um, in the, you know, retrospect of generosity, um, I think generosity is a heart thing. You know, it's a, it comes from God and, you know, to open your hand and release, it's not easy for a lot of people. And so, you know, Pastor uh, mentioned a lot of things you know, the Mozambique and just giving to the church. And so I think it all ties in, you know, like yeah. just the struggle of finances, but also giving and releasing mm-hmm. and going back to 2 Corinthians 9, mm-hmm. where, you know, if we give without reluctance, but mm-hmm. we give with that cheerful heart, just mm-hmm. letting go and trusting God and yeah. knowing, That's you know, good. he's our provider. That's, That's really good. Yeah. I love that cheerful giving because it was like, it isn't cheerful because we have so much. It's simply cheerful because he's our source. Yes. And I love it. It's not dependent on anything that we have any control of, but of him. I think yeah. one of the things that I love is that you can never outgive God. Mm. And I love that. Like the, he is always more than enough and overflowing and you can never do that. Um, other thing I thought was just the fact that with God, all the things that are lost are not lost. Yes. That he can always redeem that. Yeah, right. mm, so I'm that. super grateful for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to throw something out to you just kind of off the cuff, okay? So, like, going forward this week, you know, with a challenge that Pastor Ken gave us mm-hmm. about maybe not buying anything that's not what you would be essential, mm-hmm. what are some practical ways that, that, you've, that have helped sustain you guys through this? You know, uh, Victor, I, I know it's, uh, it's almost counter-cultural, but... I mean, just the fact that you continue to tithe through this is like, mm-hmm. man, that's, that's, that's a hard one to do. But, like, are, are there any other things like that, that 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 you felt like you were put into practice and it really the Lord blessed it to help you sustain your family? Just, uh... Oh, just, uh, practicing 
being content. You know, I, I tithe and I tithe. And I know I will never put, oh, wait, you know, if I don't pay tithe this week, I'll make it up next week when I get paid. But just being content, I guess I can wrap that up where there's things where I'll think about it. Like, do I really need this? Do, do I really need that? new pair of shoes no i have that already yeah. i have food in the cupboard i don't need that extra happy meal or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> so you, i did practice that and i, meant, I tried to mention that early. <laughs> i didn't try to mention that earlier and uh, i am really content we practice it at home and good. we're one big happy family you know with the grace of god and sitting together praying together at dinner that's good we are really content and that's just one other thing like putting Amen. god first and yeah, tithing yeah, first that's good how about you guys anything go ahead um, I would say like accountability this week, you know, like just, um, I'm a family of six, my six, well, there's people coming into the family, <laughs> um, but accountability, like just letting the children know the little ones, you know, um, do we need that? We already have that type of thing and mm -hmm. we have all that we That's need. Good. Reminders. Yeah. Being that person that reminds the family, like yeah, we have that, there, we don't like, need that. We don't challenge. need to eat out. I yeah. can make dinner, you know, oh, do you really good. need that shirt? I can go bleach it and like, you know, let's, you know, like, um, so just That's making good, like, you know, That's great. Ideas. That's yeah. great. How about you, Abe? Well, for us, in my family, uh, in our fridge, we have, we sponsor two of the little girls in Mozambique. Mm. So I keep their pictures. That's good. And um, I re every time I, when I mean we're eating, my girls are praying for them. I was like, God, may you give them Barbies and all the above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but I, I see them. I was like, you know what? I don't need to go have a lavish lunch today or right. lavish dinner, you yeah. know? Yeah. I can save in, uh, during the pandemic, I'm going to throw this. I was like, God, please provide enough that I can keep giving to those little girls. Because mm. yeah. they're good. the same age. Yes. My girls, I was like, I would hate I like that. to something happen yeah. that I'm not able. So, you know, just keeping that in perspective has just really been good. amazing. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, I, everyone who's listening, watching, I just really encourage you to take to heart what you've heard uh, being shared here because I think this is wisdom. Uh, that's come through the fire, you know, that because of all of us has gone through this. And then Pastor Ken's teaching. Listen to this message again. Make sure you write these things down and put them into practice. Because I really, you know, and not to be, this is not to be a prophet of doom or anything, but I don't think the economy's felt the full effect of a pandemic yet. I mean, like, you can't stop a country for a year and expect it to be all the, the ripple effects of that. There, there could be some things coming. And I think that this wisdom that Pastor Ken's given us is not just good for now to give thanks and, hey, everything's going back to normal. I don't think so yet. Like, I think we still need to be wise and planning and, and storing. Just like, you know, Joseph, there was a years of a feast and there's a years of famine. And, it, and you have to learn how to, to navigate those well. And so... Uh, but there's a promise in the word. Joel 2.25, I will give back to you yeah. what you lost. Yeah. Straight yes. from the Lord. Amen. And if you're grateful for that, put your hands up. Give Amen me an emoji that. in the <laughs> chat room. And, and Victor, Sarah, and Abe, thank you so much for, for being a part of the rap, but also for being a part of this church. Mm -hmm for serving, not just with your gifts, but with your heart mm -hmm. and your families. Yeah. You, we love you guys. Mm -hmm. And I just pray and speak blessings over every one of your families, Thank over you. every one of your members, mm -hmm. over your dreams, mm -hmm. over your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. God will never let you fail. Amen. So, yes. Cathedral of Faith, we're headed to victory. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And as always, it's, it's a wrap! A wrap. <laughs>